we have been talking for some time now on the subject matter of grace. So I want to say grace. We've taken on various subheadings, and here recently we have taken on the subheading frustrating the grace of God. I just want to remind you that as new covenant believers, new creations in Christ, we are under grace. <laughs> this is the word of God. We are under grace, not law. Again, we dealt with that. We were not born under that covenant. God having provided something better for us, and that was Christ Jesus. Are you here? So I want to read this verse just to cement in you that when you, because the reason why I want to show, the, show you this again, we've heard the wrong message for so long. We've heard an incomplete gospel for so long. In a lot of areas, an incorrect gospel. So when we start hearing about grace, it's almost shunned. And that's what we are actually under is grace. And it's nothing, I'm going to show you, it's nothing but a trick of the enemy. If the enemy can get me to keep living a performance-based uh, uh, lifestyle, if you will, then we would never come into what God has already provided for us, living by the faith of Jesus. Are you with me? Then, too, you will exasperate yourself trying to make yourself right before God based upon what you do. You can't work yourself enough right to be uh, enough to be right before God. So it takes relying on grace. Are you with me? Let's read this. For, you, for sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under what? Will you say this? I'm under grace. And listen, don't let anyone back you off of that. That's what you are up under. You are under grace. You are under God's undeserved favor. God's favor whereby it's earned without merit. Are you with me? You cannot work yourself enough. Again, if you're working for grace, it is no longer grace. It is a debt. We've seen that. But for sin shall no longer have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. Now, let's go back to our substructure. That's Galatians 2.21. And when you get this, you'll find your life or your relationship with Jesus uh, 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 been a little bit more meaningful. <laughs> you will actually enjoy worship. You will enjoy community. You will enjoy fellowship. Not just with him, but with believers, those who are of the faith. Are you with me? Galatians 2.21, I do not frustrate the grace of God, everyone reading, for if righteousness come by the law, then Christ died in vain. Again, I'm going to give you some more context, but I always like to start off by reading this because we're talking about frustrating the grace of God. Notice again, let's look at what Paul is saying. I do not frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness come by the law, then Christ died what? In vain. So here we know that if my righteousness is based upon works, Christ died in vain. So again, you cannot work yourself enough 
uh, in order to be right before God. We are right before God, again, beloved, based upon what Jesus did. So, again, my righteousness comes by way of Christ, not by way of self-effort or works. 2 Corinthians 5.21. When you understand this, you will, quite, you will stop confessing, you know, God will bless you when you do, being that when I'm good enough or if I've done this enough. And you will go from that to get into the place of receiving because now I'm in, I am in agreement based upon what Jesus did. I'm already qualified for God's goodness. I don't have to be good for him to be good to me. He's already good to me. Even when you're not good, he's good to you. <laughs> So the blessings, again, are procured not because I do good, but because I believe right. And again, it's your believing right that will cause you what? To do good. Are you with me? For he made him who know, do you see this? For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, talking about Christ, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So we are right based upon what? Who did? Jesus. We are in right standings because of the finished work of Jesus, not because of your work. We are right because of the finished work of Jesus. Are you with me? And again, write this down. Write this down. Look. <laughs> I sense that perhaps some of you went out Black Friday and perhaps did more than you were able to do. D just honor God. So, so your way out. So your way out. Don't let it depress you. Don't let it get you down. God is still good. Amen. If you can't afford it, you can't afford it. Don't, don't stretch. And what, what tickles me is the one whom we're celebrating gets none of the gifts. So, and I'm saying, don't get yourself in bondage, beloved. Because statistically, the suicide rate goes up during what we call the holiday season. Depression increases. And I submit it's because people are trying to do what they are not able to do. And for most, trying to impress people who really don't even care. So I want to admonish you, don't overextend yourselves. No, don't let your children put extra pressure and burdens on you. Or Listen, if you can't do it, you can't do it. Amen. Who was that for? Now can we get back to the lesson? Amen. Write this down. Grace or understanding grace will eliminate you from trying to receive God's goodness and blessings based on your performance. When you understand God's grace and you walk in this grace, it will eliminate you from trying to receive God's goodness and blessings based upon what you do. 
See, you'll go, you will go from trying to receive his goodness and blessings based upon what you do to receiving it based upon what Jesus did. Again, the work is you believing, coming into agreement with the Father. Now, that's why it's called undeserved. Now, throughout this teaching, I want you to write this down. Of course, grace, five is the number of grace. And these are five things that we have talked about throughout this teaching. And I want you to write them down, uh, various points that we've talked about. And I will go back over them and give you the, the verses. But one, we talked about grace puts me in position. Write that down. Grace puts me in position. What's number one? Grace puts me into position. In other words, when I receive Jesus Christ as my Savior and Lord, I am now positioned in that grace which we see in Romans 5 in which we stand. So grace puts me what? Into position. Two, grace enables me or it literally teaches me how not to live ungodly. So grace teaches me what? How not to live ungodly. So that it, it enables me, it teaches me how not to live ungodly. So why wouldn't I want to hear about this? Why would I shun this? And it, it is grace that enables me. So if, if I don't hear about this, Brother Moore, I will forever live based upon my own effort. I will, I will, I will exhaust myself trying to do it myself. So it is grace that enables. Number three, grace makes me who I am. These are things we've seen. What did Paul declare? I am who I am because of his grace. <laughs> and I was able to do more than others because of his grace. Number four, grace justifies. Grace justifies. These are things that you need to know. And perhaps uh, I, I need to show you again four and five. We haven't gotten to five yet. And number five, but we will. Grace saves. Now, I'm not talking about salvation-wise, uh, but we are saved by grace through faith. But saves in the sense that it rescues, it heals, it preserves. Yeah. You didn't know that? Yeah, grace does that. <laughs> We're going to see. <laughs> it preserves, it heals, it rescues. Now, our last session we talked about this, and I, I need to move along. Uh that on numerous occasions, Paul identified grace as the basis of his calling. We're not under law, we're under grace. So it's not by happenstance that this was the message that the Apostle Paul delivered. We, okay, we've seen that. Then too, we said grace is the essence or the true substance of the gospel. Then we talked about our union with, union with Christ. That was another point. It places us in position. Write that down. Now we can get back to Galatians chapter number 2. Let's, start, let's do verses 18 through 21. Now, again, you have to remember why the Apostle Paul is writing this particular epistle. He's writing to refute Judaizers. These are people who taught that the Gentile believers must obey the Jewish law in order to be saved. He said, even though you are, you know, a Christian now, you still have to do this in order to be saved. So he was writing to refute that and to call Christians back to faith and to their freedom in Christ. 
Okay, so we, you have to know this. So when we're reading any chapter, any, any book of Galatians, you, you know the whole purpose of Paul writing. He's refuting those who are trying to mix law and grace and call Christians back to get back to this freedom that were you in. Are you here? And here, and actually he's rebuking Peter which starts at around verse 11, and we, we started at verse 11 some weeks ago, uh, and it ends at verse, concludes at verse 21. So what we're reading now, uh, we're reading Paul rebuking Apostle Peter again. Peter, now initially, Peter had abandoned the whole legal system of the law. He repudiated it. He rejected it. As a matter of fact, he didn't see any distinction between the Jew and the Gentile. And he went so far that he was eating with the Gentiles, which was uncommon for the Jews. He was enjoying his life, his freedom in Christ. Then as a result of this particular Jewish group, he went back. Watch this to what he was delivered from. <laughs> he went from, it's almost like you going from bond somewhere and you know what you're getting is, is life changing and, and you, you're breathing now and you're living like, didn't you let some old religious person pull you back into religion? You enjoy your freedom wearing makeup. You were enjoy your freedom, ladies, wearing jeans. You were enjoy your freedom doing whatever. And, and you let some religious person pull you back into not wearing makeup, not wearing jeans, not doing this, not And for the men, whatever the case may be, you know get what I'm saying. Whatever it may be. Are you with me? So in essence, when, by, by him refusing now to eat with the Gentiles, what he was saying is that, no, we have to go back to observing these Jewish laws and customs in order to be holy. So he went from walking to in, in his freedom back to trying to make his wife or trying to justify himself through the customs of the law. Are you with me? So now, so here's what Paul tells us. We're going to pick up at verse 18. As a matter of fact, uh, let's read. Uh, you got verse 18? Ready? Let's read. For if I build again the things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. Notice, you've already torn that down. And to rebuild, it, it, it's almost like, man, you a hypocrite. How could you go from walking into freedom back to being into bondage? Notice he says, if I do that, I make myself a transgressor. That word in Greek, it literally means someone who steps over God's line or contrary to. It refers to a deliberate violator of God's law. So when you see this word here translated, it refers to a deliberate violator of God's law, someone who steps over or goes beyond the word. Most cults do that. They go beyond the word. Listen, there is no new revelation out. If, if, if the revelation is outside the bounds of what's written of the word of God, then that's not a revelation. That's someone who is revolting. 
No, revelation is a disclosure of what's already there. And anything God's revealed, you can, you, you can uh, uh, justify it based upon the word. It's not a revelation if it's beyond the word. That's a cult. Notice they give you a, a little bit of truth, but they go beyond the word. That's a transgressor. <laughs> Are you here? Let me show you something. Let me show you this. Verse Galatians 5, 4. Notice he says, for if I build again on things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. Listen to what Paul is saying. Galatians 5 and 4. You have become estranged from Christ, you who attempt to be what? Justified by law. You have fallen from grace. You have Notice he said you have become estranged. That means to be separated or to be severed. You have fallen. What do you mean? That means to lose one's grasp on something. You have lost your hold. In context, Paul's clear meaning is this. Any attempt to be justified by the law is to reject salvation by grace through faith. So listen, you can't do it on your own. Are you here? Verse 19. For though, for I through the law am dead to the law that I might live unto God. Verse 20. I am crucified with who? Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Verse uh, 21, from which we get our theme, I do not frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness, again, comes by my effort or the law, then Christ died in vain. Listen, so anytime we're trying to justify ourselves before God based on what we're doing, we're literally saying, man, do you not know the reason why Christ died for you? He died so you wouldn't have to do that. You are right because of what he did. His death, burial, resurrection, sin, ascension made you right. Now, get a hold of that. Don't lose hold of that. It is what he did that made you right. Put that definition up if you still have it, of frustrate. So here's what we're doing when we frustrate, when we try to mix, watch this, law or self-effort with grace. This is what you're doing. It means to do away with what has been laid down, to set aside. Do you see this? To annul, to make of no effect. See, again, you have made the word of God of no effect by your traditions. And a lot of believers, although they may be saved, we're not seeing the effectiveness of the Word of God in their lives because it has been made of no effect. Why? Because they have gotten in the way of trying to do something that they are not able to do. Christ made us right. Are you here? It also means to set aside, to ignore, to break faith with. In other words, to come out of agreement. 
So I'm not, in, I'm not in agreement with God when I'm trying to procure blessings based upon what I do. You're not in agreement. <laughs> so if he says one thing and, and I'm trying to get it by uh, other means, I am not in agreement. And I submit to you, it, it, it's not because of uh, of of how you did this or because, you know, it's because most people or a, a great portion of people are out of agreement, being that they're not in agreement with the word of God. And if I'm trying to do it by my means, I am not in agreement. Are you here? I am ignoring the fact that Jesus Christ paid a price in order that I can live from his faith. Listen, we're living by the faith of his son. So your faith comes into play by putting your belief, your convictions in agreement with what he did. You get it? So the just should live by his faith, talking about the Lord Jesus. We've been taught my faith. You're just being proud like the Babylonians. No, I put my faith into what Christ has done. He's done all the work. See, I can boast if I say I got it. I done it. (laughs) Are you with me? So when a man tries to earn God's grace, he makes it void. It is, again, it is no longer grace if a man deserves it or earns it. Now, notice Paul's final thrust that Peter is effective because what he is saying is, notice, let's, let's read verse 21 again. He said, I do not frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness come by law, then Christ died in vain. What he's saying is, if Peter could obtain favor with God by Jewish observances, then Christ died for nothing. He's like, I can imagine like, man, listen, you've been free from that. And if you think that you can make yourself right by God by observing these things, Christ, why did Christ die? Are you with me? He literally threw his life away if that is the case. But he got the message. So if man could obtain God's grace through observances and self-effort, then Christ died for nothing. Let me show you this. Let me show you something. Notice who is he dealing with? Jewish people who are saying that the Gentiles, in order for them to be saved, they must what? Follow what? The law. Right? That's who he's dealing with. So here what we're going to see is that when you turn from law to turn from law to grace, or, or turn from grace, excuse me, back to law, it is to be bewitched. So once I go from walking under grace back to law, it is to be bewitched. This is what he's saying. It's almost as if you put under a magic spell. That's what that means. Now, notice verse 3 here, he's defending justification by faith. We see this, Galatians 3, verse 1. 
Oh, foolish Galatians. Galatians 3, verse 1. Let me know when it's on the screen. Okay, ready? Let's read. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Hold on. That you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ clearly portrayed among you as crucified. Notice he said, who has bewitched you? So to go from living under grace back to law, he considers that to be bewitched. To be put under a spell. <laughs> Are you here? Now, notice something here. When he asks who has bewitched you, the, the, the who is singular, not plural. Perhaps suggesting that the devil was the author of this false teaching. Just like today, it is the enemy or Satan is the one behind the religion. False doctrines. Any kind of occultic practices. Satan is the impetus behind those things. But he has to work through man. Does the Bible not tell us that in the last days, people will begin to follow doctrines of demons? Doctrines just means teachings. So anytime there's something in error or erroneous teaching or something going beyond the word, you can rest assured Satan is behind it. <laughs> now, man may not know that. He may be deceived, but he... he in, at the end of the day, he's being used by Satan. Are you here? No, no, look at this. He says, who has bewitched you? Paul himself had preached Jesus Christ to the Gentiles is crucified, emphasizing that the cross was to separate them forever from the curse and the bondage of the law. That's what... That's what salvation did. It separated me from the curse that came as a result of what sin. We dealt with this. Who remember how we, we talked about how it entered the world and how it entered humanity through Adam X, Y, Z. How could they return to the law and disregard the cross? So again, when we go from living under grace, to now trying to justify ourselves before God based upon what we do, it's almost like we're denying the work of the cross. And religion has made itself to be right and the truth to be wrong. Just think about it. when you hear about grace. You can't... Getting into the conversation good before someone goes spilling off. Well, are you trying to say, listen, if you understand what I'm saying, sir, it is the grace that enables me to walk like I'm walking. Galatians 1, verses 6 and 7. Look at this. Galatians 1. Notice he's refuting people who are saying, no, you got to do this and that to be right. No. I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who have called you in the what? Why would you turn 
from the grace of Christ to a different gospel. Now, we'll stop with the times we think that as different gospel as being, you know, any other religion. That is true. But that's not what he's talking about here. The different gospel he is talking about right here is mixing law and grace. Yes. As a matter of fact, we can see he calls it perverted. The different gospel that he's talking about right here is going from living, uh, trying to mix law and grace. Look at verse 6. I'm over that you are turning away so, so soon from him who called you into the... See, we're not under law, we're under... <laughs> I'm over that you are turning away so soon from him who called you to, in the grace of Christ to a... The different gospel here, he's making reference to the law. So why would you go from under grace back to law. Are you with me? Then he says, which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert, here it go, corrupt, change, the gospel of Christ. So here he says, notice, when we go from the, 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 the grace of Christ Back to the law, he calls it perverted. So, when we mix law and grace, listen, we, we have engaged, or if you're trying to live that way, you have engaged yourself in a perverted gospel. You can't mix the two. Notice he says, which is not another. <laughs> but there are some who trouble, in, in same way today, people are troubled. It, they, they just find it so hard to accept the finished work of Jesus, and they got the, frustrated by putting themselves, mess, try, trying to get in the way, rather than just receiving what he done. Let me show you something. 1 Corinthians, and we've seen this last week, 1 Corinthians 3, 10 and 11. Who sees that? I marvel that you're turning away so soon from him who called you into the grace of Christ to a different gospel. So here, he's making reference to, again, he's, he's refuting people, Brother Frederick, who were trying to tell Gentiles, no, you have to do this. You have to be under law to be saved. And Paul said, wait, hold up. You've heard the gospel. Why are you letting these people trouble you to go back to doing the law? No, that's perverting the gospel. So when we try to mix both, we're actually perverting. You're frustrating. You, you are making it, you, you are 
annulling it. Why? You're trying to mix. That's what Peter was doing. He was trying to mix. You're trying to rebuild something that has been destroyed. Because of God's grace to me, I have what? Laid the foundation. Do you see this? Like an expert builder. Watch this. Now, others are building on it, but whoever is building on this foundation, see, we, we got to be very careful. For no one can lay any foundation other than what? The one we have all. The, for no one can lay any other foundation than the one we already have. Talking about Jesus Christ. Again, so anybody else who comes to you with the revelation that's outside of the word, that's a transgressor. They have gone beyond what's written. And if I'm trying to preach to you a message where it's, it's a mixture, I have gone beyond because there is no other. Let me show you something. 2 John 1, 19, 11, 9 through 11. Let me show you something real quick. What are you trying to get to, Pastor? Trying to get to you to a place where you're relying on the finished work of Jesus and, and get to a place where you live in agreement with what he had finished, what he has done. You're relying on him. You're relying on his work. He's good to you without you even being good. See, that's what you're under. Be good. But his goodness to you is not based upon how straight you walk. Walk straight. But he's good to you because he's good. And when you understand this, you will just come into agreement and receive his goodness and stop trying to work yourself into a blessing. That's, that's, why I don't, that's why I don't agree with these messages where you got to be, why I got to be proved is Jesus done the work. What's the proving for? See, now I'm trying to qualify. So, so if, I got, if I got to be tested to get it, I, now you're saying you have to, you have, you, you're trying to qualify in order to get. I'm not going to know what he done. I'm just going to come into agreement with what he did. Now, if you want to take the test, you, if you want to build up something that's been torn down, that's between you and God. But I'm not. Now, I'm not saying things won't try to come against you. But they're not coming against you to see if you, to get you to qualify. If it's coming against you, it's coming against you to rock you off your rocker, knock you off your rocker, or get you out of agreement with God. <laughs> Are you here? So, but, but that's a lot of what's being preached, qualifying. Then you look across the street at the man who hadn't seemingly been through any kind of hell and havoc, but enjoying life, and you wonder, well, why in the world I got to go through it? Well, he got to test you. See, what they're trying to do is tell you, you got to qualify. Now you say, this, so it's based upon my goodness? What if you don't pass? And how do we know 
what's the passing grade? This is what we've been taught. So much so that when we hear the truth, we look at it strange with the side eye, like somebody's teaching you some kind of erroneous gospel, which is the truth because there is no other. Are you here? I mean, and even thank God for all the the people of old. Hebrews talks about those of old, but we. God provided something better for us. Thank God for all the, the old patriarchs of old. But I'm not up under what David was under. I'm not under the law that Jacob was up under, man of God. I'm not under what they were under. I'm not under what Jonah was under. So you don't have to preach to me as if I'm still under what Jonah was under. Because I'm not under what Jonah was under. Are you here? Yeah. So you don't, don't, don't preach to me a performance base that, that, I, that, that I got to go through this series of qualifications. In order to get, I don't want to hear that. Because, see, see here, all I got to do, see, follow those who have the faith and patience in their promise. I just need to find one person who was doing it God's way. Without all the hell and the havoc and the. I was listening to a pastor a while back. And he was saying how uh, they was, I think it was at Fick Wickham, and various pastors was telling their testimony of how they overcame this. And they went through that. And they went through, and they went through that. And Pastor Price told him, he said, listen, he said, man, that's, those are some good those are some powerful testimonies. Those are, and he said, I don't have any of those. No, they were good, but he said, I don't, I don't, I don't have any of those. Then he goes to say to the pastor, now, which one, what place would you rather be in? The one who had to go through all that or the one who doesn't necessarily have that experience? I'd rather be on the side of, hey, I, 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 I don't know about that. I, I just know what I'm doing, and what I'm doing is working. So if I can get it without being beat half to death, I'd rather take that road. You better listen to what you're receiving and agreeing to while it's being preached. God is better than that. And it's almost made Christians look like they're crazy for some. And I think that's probably part of the reason why some dealing with psychological issues. Because even after going through all that, it, did, it still didn't work like I thought it would. And it made you all the more crazier because it didn't work. Now, I don't know why people are dealing with what they're doing. But, but they, listen, God is better than that. And he's not inflicting harm on you. See, again, what you're trying to say is I, you're trying to qualify. You're trying to build up a system that has been torn down. Why not just walk in the grace in which Christ called you? 
Oh, preacher, what do you say? No, I'm not saying things won't try to come. I'm saying when they do come, the grace is going to enable you to overcome what comes. You missed what I said. I'm saying when the things try to come, God's enabling power is going to help me. His grace is sufficient to help me overcome what's trying to overtake me. That's what I'm saying. Listen, man, again, this sounds strange because we have heard this last daughter and heard the other more. Somebody can't have, get sick without, oh, that's the Lord. Devil is a lie. No, that's a, called a, a weak immune system. That's called poor diet and lack of exercise or whatever the situation may be. But that, that no, what, what, what glory does God get out of sin? You suffer. Who's that for? Let's get to a place of close. Where we at? John somewhere? Watch this. Whoever transgresses again goes beyond the bounds and does not abide in what? The doctrine of Christ does not have God. He who abides in the doctrine of Christ has both the Father and what? Why? Because you can't get to the Father except through the Son. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this doctrine, do not receive him into your house nor greet him, for he who greets him shares in his evil deeds. Now, he's not saying you can't have visitors. He's talking about people who are bringing a different doctrine. Don't welcome them in. Why? To welcome them in is to agree with what they're trying to promulgate. Are you here? But I wanted to show you this because there's not another one. So if they're not bringing this, I don't want to hear it. Are you here? <laughs> Back to Galatians 2. So Paul confronts the Galatians at once on their readiness to accept the error. He is amazed that they should suddenly, listen to this, surrender the truth of the gospel. And he solemnly labels their action as deserting God for a false gospel. Go back to Galatians. That's what we're on Galatians. That's what we're reading now. Notice, God had called them into the grace of Christ. And now they're putting themselves, notice, they're putting themselves, they're putting themselves under the curse of the law. They had accepted the true gospel. Now they're abandoning it for a, watch this, for a different gospel which was not good news at all. So any gospel that's not the true gospel, that's bad news. <laughs> Me trying to mix law and grace, that's not good news. Paul calls that a perverted gospel. Notice what he was telling them. Listen, you are redeemed now. You're under grace now. Don't pervert the message by mixing grace and law. And whenever we try to mix self-effort with his effort or his finished work, we're now engaging, guys, 
in a perverted gospel. Listen, that's why it's so good and necessary to meditate on this, where you get to a place where you are actually experiencing God's goodness. Listen, and what, let, let, me, let me show you something else. And the, notice how we can't even get this message out, the gospel, which what we should be doing, because we're so busy being tested and tried. Well, not me, people in general. So you're so busy being tested and tried that you don't even have the energy. And matter of fact, and if you've been beat down that much, you don't want to tell anybody about this news because that's not good news. So the gospel is somewhat stagnant because the saints can't go out in the field because they're going through. They're too busy trying to qualify for God's goodness. And I'm going to tell you now, you've been beat down that much, you ain't talking about how good nobody is. Are you here? This is what, listen, we started out on this with the word has been made of no effect because of man's tradition. And what has been handed down has been the traditions of man. And I don't care who it is. If they're mixing grace and law, Paul considers that, considers that a perverted a corrupt gospel. And there's only one. So, so, so which one are you under? You, you, you doing both? Or you can be like Paul and receive the ministry of God's grace. Notice that God had called them into the grace of Christ. And to receive anything else or, or to try to mix grace along with law, you're perverting the gospel. You're being a transgressor like Peter. L- l- listen, you were you, you going beyond, man. You were doing too much. <laughs> and it's not going to work. And here's the thing, when I go beyond, now I am out of agreement. But see, the enemy doesn't show you that. He'll tell you stuff like, well, you're praying, it's not working. You're doing this, it's not working. You're fasting, it's not working. But he hadn't told you, you have gone beyond. You have gotten out of agreement with the Father. I don't know about you. But I'm going to stay in agreement. Come on, let's get a load of hand clap of praise. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to make a donation and support this ministry as we expand the kingdom of God, please visit ShekinahGloryFC.com or download our church app from iTunes App Store or Google Play by searching Shekinah Glory FC and click Give to make your donation.